All right, man. Uh, we're just going to have a try to have a natural conversation. So don't feel like you got to be somebody that you aren't. Uh, also, where we're just, it's not live. So if you mess up, no big deal. Try not to mess up. <laughs> All right. Thanks. He, he can say that. He's the sponsor. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. So, uh, okay. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. With that music, it must be time for another episode of the Stack Podcast presented by Performance Pickleball of Richmond, Virginia. I'm Joe. He's John. Uh, before we get into our um, topics for the week, how you doing, man? It's, uh, it's been a busy part of the weekend. It's only Tuesday when we're recording this. So, uh, folks, when you're hearing this, trust me, we've already had a full week uh, by the time uh, we get to Thursday. Yeah, I'm good, man. Um, you know, it's you offset the busyness with the excitement that you have for what's coming in the next few days and weeks, and it seems like every single day there's something exciting that gets drilled in somewhere, painted or dropped off, uh, whatever the case may be. And, yeah, just like anything, a startup of this scale, there's just a lot of things coming in that, of course, need to be organized and installed correctly and managed and scheduled and all those things. So we're absolutely busy. But the fun part of that is that we're also bringing on our team members, you know, Ty and Wynn now full-time in the fold, Christina Shiflett full-time in the fold, my wife Renee full-time in the fold. Uh, and that way we can diversify our efforts and start tackling some of these things. So it's starting to really feel real in terms of what the schedule may look like and will look like over the first couple of weeks that were operational and the events that are coming in and of course the pickleball having conversations with Robert Luke and and some of the pros that will be here for that and planning our ribbon cutting with Henrico County so yeah a lot to do but that is by no means a bad thing it Mm -hmm. it just means we're getting closer and closer amen to that and you mentioned the pickleball uh those of the of you that follow us on social media know that the Newmans made it known They'll be here for that. Uh, Riley Newman and his sister Lindsay. Uh, Riley had a successful weekend at MLP Dallas, uh, preluding or uh, the nationals that are happening at Dallas uh, this week. And so uh, that'll be nice to be able to add that to the resume when we're introducing these folks at the pickleball. Uh, he, we can talk about him being a, uh, a champion at the MLP. They do have one more event uh, coming up here, but I don't know if you got to see any of that. Probably not, considering your schedule. Uh, but it was a really good overall event. I really enjoyed the Final Four uh, to of the premier level on the final day. And anybody who did watch it, the Orange Squeeze and DC Pickleball uh, final was uh, certainly one of the best. And uh, MLP continuing to show that the doubles part of the game is the more popular side of the game, and um, it made it made a lot of sense watching those two teams play. Yeah, without a doubt. And like you say, it's awesome for Riley. We've been excited for him coming for weeks now, and every passing accomplishment that he has only grows that. Of course, he sent us a video along with the sister, Lindsay, uh, which was promoting their appearance here in Richmond. So, yeah, we're, kudos to him on that success along with D.C. Pickleball. And I, I think what you're seeing with the MLP format is, as we discussed on, on this podcast and have privately as well, is there's a place for it in the sport without question. And the people that are behind it 
you know, there's a there's a good reasoning and a good model there. And the key to that is having finals like that where you have that competitive balance from those teams where it's not just one team stomping the other team. That's not exclusive to pickleball, of course. That adds to the intrigue in all the sports, which is why the NFL is by far and away the Goliath that it is, is because they have more successfully than anybody else managed that salary cap to make parity. And that's a longer conversation for another time. <laughs> but a smashing start for MLP, not just with this event in Dallas, but what a couple weeks in Dallas. We talked with Bill Durham about that last week. Our own Jonathan Medina-Alvarez down there. I know that we're about to discuss JMA uh, and him representing in that national competition for USA Pickleball. So it's interesting as it gets colder and colder. uh, It just seems like I hate these weather cliches. I used to yell at interns all the time for this, but uh, it's heating up in terms of that crossover with PPA and MLP. And another thing that Bill Durham said to us last week is isn't it crazy how it's changing week to week i mean that was only what four six weeks ago yeah we were talking about a turf war between the two and all of a sudden now it's coalescing nicely (laughs) and and to that end uh last week they did announce their schedule for next year uh most people were intrigued not by the locations but how is this mlp ppa going to work uh and it looks like uh, based on what was released last week, you'll have slams and and uh, uh, opens and uh, basically three different types of PPA events, and then MLP would be there for I think I think it's 12 of the however many you know 30 plus 25 plus PPA events. But I do think it's interesting how it's structured, where it's going to be eight days in that particular city or town, and MLP will go first with their normal format, and then it will go to the PPA um, style. I'm sure, based on, as we just talked about, things will change as, as far as uh, how the structure is for MLP to PPA. But, man, I, I feel like we talk about this, or maybe we haven't uh, on the podcast, but pickleball players, they have a hell of a schedule if you're if you're a pro. Uh, the amount of places that you're traveling and, of course, the potential to play uh, – uh, doubles, singles, mixed doubles all in one day. Now you throw in the potential of uh, MLP style format, you know, playing multiple times uh, throughout the week. So uh, it only goes to show that that training aspect, the working your body uh, to a point where it can handle the endurance that we talked about last week with Bill, we've talked about with JMA before, is crucial if you want to play uh, at that level. I'm curious just with you hearing about that, do you have any initial uh, thoughts as to uh, downsides? You know, what are the what are the main issues that you we might see out of a MLP first, then PPA uh, style format, or is it just good for everybody to have more pickleball throughout the week? Well, I think the one big downside would be fatigue, but that's manageable for most of these tour stars in terms of where they are, health and viability and youth and all of those great things that I no longer enjoy any of in my (laughs) life. But I think it shows a great willingness to compromise on both sides, and that to me was huge because certainly the way that it was, which is probably one of the reasons why MLP wanted to split off or at least posture that they were going to split off was because it was heavily slanted towards the PPA having the schedule strength with those stars. And I don't necessarily mean the marquee cities and the marquee dates, but it was a string of events where they're going to play all the way through and play these 10 events or whatever the case may be. And then MLP comes in 
at the end and takes what's left in the gas tank for these players, and it's also right up against the holidays. This is the way that it, it, it was uh, before this merger. I think it's really smart in terms of doing the MLP format. I don't think that's nearly as taxing, mm-hmm. so to speak, as working your way through a bracket and playing a number of matches in the same day. It works out very well production-wise for television, of course. Yeah. And then you can get into that bracket, and the truth of that is a lot of the players, the grand majority of them, are going to get knocked out relatively quick from that bracket because it's double elimination or you have to advance into that championship bracket through qualifying. So there's no perfect system because pickleball is not to the level financially yet where you're jet-setting around uh, and just landing on private planes going from Dallas to Phoenix to California and back again. And that's always the misconception, and I know I take it to golf a lot, but when you're a tour sport like this is going to be centric for pickleball, it's the same concept. And we see those players that are on Championship Sunday and they look toned and fit and in their sponsor apparel they look glamorous right well there's only about a handful of those players that got there in a way that's not fatiguing to them physically and their names are ben and colin johns (laughs) and also anna lee waters and maybe potentially her mom uh when she's playing and when she's healthy beyond that and i'm even talking jay davillier who's number five in the world uh you know and depending on which rankings you're looking at and i had that conversation with him last spring and he said i'm one of the rare that rare players that has the ability to travel 47, 48 weeks out of the year. And again, I go back to golf. Same thing. You look at your Rory McIlroy's and, you know, back in the day, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, they're jet setting. They're getting there easy. And it's one resort to the next. The rest of them are humping it, man. They're either driving to Winnebago or they're flying coach in the middle seat trying to get there uh, and and make it. And and there is intrigue in that from someone that was in baseball for a long time, uh, took a lot of pride in making that sacrifice with your schedule and your body uh, to, to ride the buses or however it is that you're going to get there. And the finances are going to continue to grow, and that's what the players and the sponsors and everybody else are investing in. They're investing their time now to be those players when those numbers go up. Yeah, no question. And it's real good timing for the PPA uh, to do all this as well because when there was that brief turf war, a lot of players left for the MLP format, so to add that to what you're already doing uh, just makes a, a lot of sense from, from their perspective as well. Well, and the MLP is guaranteed in terms of your opportunity to play on a bigger stage, the money that you're getting, and that's why you saw a number of those stars jump because, again, even if you're sixth in the world, which is pretty damn good, you're probably not playing in the title match. You're not playing right. in the gold medal match because that's one and two or one and three or two and four or whatever the case may be, and you do get some of those repetitive winners and the cycles on any tour like you would. Uh, you know, with pickleball, with tennis, uh, with those one-on-one or two-on-two competitive sports, you're going to get a lot of the same matchups. That's been the knock on tennis for years now with the big three on the men's side. Even though it's excellence, we're really sick of seeing these same three guys (laughs) over and over, and it's why Carlos Alcaraz has really emerged as a fan favorite. Well, that's the same type of thing when you're with that elimination format to get to a gold medal or a championship match, and that's why there is a place for MLP. But at the same time, fans like me, I don't get sick of Ben Johns dominating because I like to watch the greatest in my lifetime. I felt the same 
same way about any number of sports. Michael Jordan in basketball when I was a kid growing up. Tiger, as I've already mentioned, things like that. That's what we want to see. Excellence. So now the next intriguing thing will be who's going to be the next young star that comes up and yeah. challenges Ben Johns, and how many years does it take for that to happen? Uh, <laughs> don't know the answers, know, obviously, yeah. but tune in and <clears throat> right. fork over your money to do so. Right, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up. I know that's somewhat separate from pickleball, but the greatness aspect. Um, I've, I had a really good weekend from a racing fan perspective, uh, for those that, that don't know. Um, huge into motorsports. Um, but, you know, we're experiencing that with uh, Max Verstappen and F1. People were not watching because the same driver wins. But I learned a, a, a hard lesson, I guess, with NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson, seven-time champion, win, 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 win. And it kind of pushed me away from seeing the same, you know, I was younger, didn't understand, didn't like it, wanted parody and all that stuff. But there is a, a um, you know, a regretful feeling as a sports fan if you live through something great and you didn't appreciate it in the moment and you can't go back later and, and just kind of understand how, how phenomenal this really is. Uh, especially if you take a look and this is what I would encourage everybody to do. Look beyond the, the winner overall. Okay. If, if you're sick of, of Ben and, and Anna Lee winning, look at below that and see how tight that is because that's the growth of the sport that really matters. Same thing on the racing side. I tell people a lot with, with Max winning, yeah, but second through 20th, they're separated by four-tenths of a second. Like, the, the overall field is really, really good and is phenomenal to watch uh, in, in general. Sure, you may not enjoy what you have to go through on Sunday afternoon, but leading up to that, it should be really good uh, pickleball to watch and also not discouraging for those that want to get to that level uh, because those people are badass at, at what they do regardless. So enjoy everything that leads up to uh, you know, that, that winner and, and don't get caught up in the final day and, and who's standing on the top of the podium. Look at the difference in those that are standing around them week to week. Yeah, I love that. And that's why it's fun. You know, Udit Castillo is probably the least well-known of the four marquee players that we're bringing in along with Jonathan here to the pickleball, but she also just turned 21 yesterday. I saw on Instagram and she's only been playing professional pickleball for months, not years, and yeah. is already really rising like a comet up that top 10 list on the single side and also on the double side. So players just like that are, are going to continue to creep up behind. And, and that's what we notice professionally in pickleball too. And why you say, you know, I look tired all the time. It's because we're doing what we're doing, but we're also looking around going, what's everybody else doing? Cause yes. we got to stay out in front. Well, you mentioned that, you know, we don't know where specifically things are going to go. We don't know the future, but we can look at studies of the past to kind of tell uh, where we are headed. And one of those was released uh, last week. You know, I'm big on studies to prove that this sport is here to stay. Uh, and this one is specific to uh, a facility similar to what we're trying to build here. Uh, drinks, food, pickleball, all, all there together, uh, which is why I wanted to, to bring it up. This is Chicken and Pickle, if you watch professional pickleball, you probably know about this this chain. Uh, they started in the uh, Kansas City, Missouri area. And so this uh, particular study took place since 2019 through 2023. And what it's showing, which is what's really good about the sport, is that we're seeing a wider array, a wider demographic of people that is enjoying the sport uh, even at you know different times than they were before. So I'll just give you the bullet points here. Uh, there are more middle and lower income people playing since 2019. The venues uh, captured market household income 
2023 was 76,000 a year, which is higher than the average in Missouri, but lower than the rest of uh, the state in 2019. Uh, so overall, the mean household income in that state, at least, is coming down year over year. Uh, foot traffic to the facility increased by 13% over pre-pandemic 2019, and then the share of weekend visits increased from 39% to 42%. And what they say that this insinuates is that pickleball is attracting more casual amateurs playing on the weekend and fewer diehard fanatics carving out time for the sport during the work week. Um, I'm curious, based on who you talk to in, in this area, does that kind of match up with where we think things are uh, around here, especially that casual amateur audience that we'd love to attract uh, at PPB as well? Absolutely what we're seeing in terms of our membership levels and registrations, but also just the inquiries that we're getting about reserving an individual court or having an event out here. It's coming from everywhere. It's coming from anywhere and everywhere in terms of this different type of group of people, this different age group of people, this different cause. And what I'm getting a lot right now is whatever age it may be, I'm getting a lot of inquiries saying all my friends are start, started to play pickleball <laughs> and now they want to get into it because maybe they were late adopters or didn't have the time, but they're mm -hmm. feeling left behind because they don't know how to play the sport and they don't have that that athletic outlet like the rest of their friends do. So it's how quickly can I take beginner instruction? How quickly do you think it can take for me to be competitive with them and be a part of that group? And, and all that adds together. And of course, Derek Crage, who's our guest, started the Pickleball Club at Virginia. Virginia Tech and now you see that he wasn't the first in the country but one of in terms of having a fully formed club and now you're seeing that all over the place we're starting to see it at the high school level in terms of the creation of these clubs and it's not all affluent schools not by any means mm -hmm. all affluent schools and that's one of the original attractions of the game is you can get a relatively cheap paddle and go to a free park uh, or participate in venues like ours that are relatively cost effective per hour as opposed to going to play golf or renting ice time for hockey. And I'm not trying to bag down on other sports. The cost is what the cost is. Yeah, and you've seen the demographics mm -hmm. um, there in a lot of ways over the years. So that's great. That I, I think that that financial median is coming down. That generally means that you are attracting a much wider swath of the population. And for any sport and for any activity, that's great. And yeah. I remember back in the 90s, uh, you know, my parents always played golf. And so I played golf. When I was a kid, we weren't rich by any means um you know but we had enough to play at the muni muni courses or whatever the case may be but i was one of the few of my friends that played golf because it wasn't something that their parents did and then all of a sudden in the 90s it got cool and it was the biggest growth sport and continues to be or was of the 21st century uh the 20th century excuse me and we're seeing that now with pickleball. Parents are playing. I see it out at the parks. The parents are teaching the kids, and the kids are really good. Uh, and then they're getting into it, and then they're bringing their friends into it. And like every movement, uh, that's what it takes is, is pull from all these different areas. Yeah, and, I, and it's one of the reasons why I'm really excited to talk to Derek because I think last year, just making observations uh, from a college age specifically, that, that did tend to happen where – people would come back to college and, and one person or two people in the group picked up pickleball over the summer and they wanted to you know teach their friends about it or, or wanted their friends to come and play with them because that's the easiest way to stay in it is if you have friends that also want to play uh, instead of looking for random people uh, on an app sometimes. Uh, for those that do, kudos to you, but let's be real. 
they don't want to do that. So they just want to play with their friends most of the time. But you you come into you come back to school in August, September, before you know it, it's cold weather, and then you can't you know most places you can't play. So having a place like Performance is massively helpful for the growth of the game because people will want want to and be able to actually play all year long instead of saying. Ah oh, well, I see you in a couple months when I can go outside and play again because of of the weather. Uh, there's more to PPB than the weather benefits, but that is uh, one of the top things that people's uh, minds when they think about the the benefit of having a facility like this. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. For one plug I will put in, um, in terms of the younger players, I had a student reach out to me from VCU probably six months ago before we were putting together our membership tiers and said, would you think about doing a student rate? And I hadn't thought about it at that point. I had thought about a senior rate and a couples rate and all these other things. And I said, yeah, we should absolutely do that. So we did. So for those that don't know, our student rate, and student can be anybody, K through 12 um, and college, essentially up to 23 or having an EDU account, $39 a month. Speaking of young up-and-comers, our line call today is with Mr. Derek Crage. From your perspective, before we get started, I liked what we did last week where we kind of gave you the floor a little bit to talk about our guest. You deal with Derek on a daily basis sometimes. Uh, so what what have you enjoyed about working with someone at that age who has a totally different perspective than somebody like us and what we're doing? Well, one, he's very impatient. When he texts me for something, he wants it right That then, adds up that for a college a kid, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, so I, I haven't told this story much, but I was actually observing. I was playing in the Virginia Pickleball Classic last May. Um, Lee and I actually played together and got destroyed. It didn't go well at all, but I was watching, and I didn't know who he was at the time, and he was, of course, playing with Tim Cass, who will be mm. our guest next week on the stack, and I, again, had no knowledge of, of who they were, and I just saw this smaller guy, that being Derek, just darting all over the place, getting everything. And I'm just like, who is this guy? And I'm just like, holy crap. And, like, he's not one of those physically intimidating type persons from, person from a stature standpoint. Uh, but I found myself just kind of hypnotized by their match, and I was watching it, and then I think ultimately I had to go play. So I just walked away and just kind of filed that away. Mm -hmm. And then when we held the body armor 804 a month later, uh, Tim and Derek entered, and then I had met Tim uh, with some of his other Ruckus members. They always create a great environment around themselves with tents and and brightly colored shirts and logos and and just great attitudes and so i had met a number of their members i met tim and, and talked to him briefly before the competition started and lo and behold they come back kind of the cinderella story in that tournament mm -hmm. and win and i immediately went down from the tv tower and said i want to sponsor you guys um i didn't even ask lee which probably wasn't the smartest thing <laughs> uh but i just knew i wanted that energy and i didn't know their backstories i knew tim a little bit better than derek uh i had no idea that derek had started the virginia tech pickleball club but i said i want to get in while these guys are rising and we did and you know there was certainly i think some skepticism from them at first just because no one had approached them about sponsorship or anything like that and they had a lot of questions and rightfully so about what it would entail and what it would limit uh, them from doing with other partners the answer to that is virtually nothing but um and, and it is fun to hear someone just right at the beginning of their life in so many ways not just with pickleball but uh to see how enterprising uh Derek is in starting that club and then he's also giving in a way with the model uh in terms of sharing that with other schools and this is what's worked and I know he's done that with JMU and Randolph Macon and, and some others because he wants to grow the game that way and 
and I think like many uh, many of us and many of the younger players, they want to find a way that pickleball can be something that supports them. He's just really intelligent and demanding. I, I joke, but when he texts me and I promised him that I was going to get him something, and I haven't, like he holds me to it. And a lot of young people wouldn't do that with Correct. with an elder, I guess, uh, in my case or in this case, uh, you know, a sponsor. So uh, I've enjoyed that as much as sometimes I te- text back very bluntly. <laughs> Well, we uh, we hope that you enjoy our conversation with Derek as much as John enjoys his uh, conversations with him as well. Here's Derek Krage on the line call. Settle in, relax. Give me a call. All right, Derek Crates joins us over Zoom uh, from Virginia Tech there in Blacksburg. Uh, he is taking some time out of his homework and studying to be here with us uh, on the stack. You're 21 years old. You're a young guy. You're obviously still in school. This is your senior year. What attracted you to pickleball at such a young age that has allowed you to get to the top level of competition already before you're even out of school? It's definitely – um I played baseball in high school, so I knew I wasn't good enough for college. So once it, once I realized, you know, I wanted to start something new and work towards something, pickleball was the perfect thing. It's new. Um, there's a, it's easy to get into. There's a way to move up. So yeah, just working hard, drilling every day. Um, that's how you get better. And that's what I'm working towards. So if you didn't have a, predisposition to pickleball how did it even come up and why why was it one of the options were you did you see it from afar or did someone you know introduce you to it yeah so um before this event um i actually i just heard heard about it um from you know social media just from talk but my girlfriend's dad actually introduced me he had a net in his basement this was during covid so you couldn't really do anything else so, you know, just started hitting with those uh, wooden paddles and the terrible balls. And then uh, a couple months later, I found myself playing a tournament and meeting a bunch of new friends. And then it just kickstarted from there. How did you go from that point, Derek, to starting the pickleball club at Virginia Tech? And it seems like we're outfitting you guys and are proud to do so. But every time you send a group pick, it seems like there's more and more people. Could you have imagined how big it's already gotten? No, uh, it's been such a success. Um, when I got here, there was nothing. And over the three or two and a half years I've been here, it's just, it's grown so much. Where do you see that going? I know you guys just had a competition against JMU and they've got their own club team and Randolph-Macon down in this area and VCU, I think, is about to bring one online. It seems like it's sweeping through the college ranks right now. I definitely think it'll be in the NCAA soon. Um if not NCAA, then some sort of conference where we compete like every weekend, just like other sports. Like uh, be sure to follow Virginia Tech Club Pickleball on Instagram. It's Pickleball Club at VT. Uh, so you can see the lovely uh, uniforms and apparel that is provided by uh, Performance Pickleball as well. In that same vein that John just mentioned about where do you envision this going, uh, from from your perspective, do you feel the uh, kind of not necessarily pressure, but the you know, I feel like you have to be the guy or Virginia Tech has to be the school that 
leads the charge to make it an NCAA uh, sport uh, in in the future? Or do you do you feel like that's something that you've kind of been you know, brought into and you want to continue to do that? Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, well, I'm I'm graduating this semester, so it's going to be hard for me to continue working um, on the Virginia Tech pickleball program. But I definitely will keep my contacts and definitely keep the ball rolling because I I I feel like I have a personal investment in wanting um, this program to one day be a NCAA program. And you certainly have uh, an interest in your own advancement as a player. Of course, performance is sponsoring not just Virginia Tech, but you specifically, you and your doubles partner on the men's side, Tim Cass, representing the Roanoke Ruckus, VT, and us. Uh, He's the old man in this partnership at this point, which is pretty amazing to me that he's just 24 years old. What are your aspirations uh, in the game of pickleball, in the sport of pickleball. And you, you've always seemed to me to be very level-headed in terms of not putting all your eggs in that basket, uh, but pursuing that while also pursuing some of your other endeavors. Yeah, so since this is my last semester at Tech, I feel like I put more of my time and effort into the pickleball here. But once I graduate, um, it's going to be all about what I can do as a player and um, the – career maybe that I can set up for myself, you know, working hard, drilling every day, just trying to make the pro scene somehow. Like I mentioned, you're part of team performance, our professional group of players. We've got Riley Newman coming in along with Lindsay Newman, Jada Villier, Udique Castillo, of course, Jonathan, Christina will all be there. Uh, how much are you guys looking forward to testing yourselves against some of the best in the world? We're so excited. I mean, Everyone I meet, I'm basically telling them, hey, guess what? I'm playing Riley Newman in a couple of weeks. Uh, you should check it out. So me and Tim are so excited. We've talked about it so much. We, we're we so happy that you put on this event. And we're happy that you're going to be a part of that uh, along with Tim. And and you mentioned, John, last week on the podcast, uh, something in relation to the club or excuse me, the college ranks with with performance uh next uh, i guess spring-ish or or, or winter february. february right uh so can you can you backtrack for those that didn't listen to it and shame on you for not listening the last week uh but backtrack to what that is and and uh tell give us more information well yeah derek came to me with an idea of potentially getting together not only some of the schools in the state of virginia but in the surrounding region for an event here at performance um of course, I like alliteration in the name, so we came up with the Collegiate Cup, and we already now have some title sponsor in, uh, interest. I'll have announcements on that um, in the coming days, but uh, we've settled on a date in the middle of February the 17th. Correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, uh, which is a weekend. Um yeah, first, thanks for bringing that to me. I think it's going to turn into be an awesome thing. But on that competitive landscape in this region collegiately, I know you guys were able to best JMU. It was very competitive this past weekend. How is that scene evolving in terms of the competitive parity between these schools as they grow their own clubs? Yeah, so we there's some very good colleges in the region. Um, UNC, they have Colin Schick, so they're kind of a heavyweight. Um, we have a pretty good program. As you just said, we just beat JMU. Uh, UVA, they have a very good club. And a couple of those North Carolina schools, Duke, NC State, they have some good programs. Um, as for the teams going to nationals, I think it's Maryland, JMU, UVA, uh, Virginia Tech, UNC, Duke, and NC State as far as the local ones. So 
um, all the all the teams going to nationals, you had to get a bid. So by going to nationals, you're already one of the best. And I'm planning on wanting all of those colleges there, and I think it'll be a great event. Yeah, that, that'll be fantastic. I do have to point out to you, though, Derek, as a former voice of the Hokies, you just broke the Hokie code and said something nice about UVA. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll say it about their pickleball. They have a good pickleball program. But that's, <laughs> that's something I mean, nice. We, now we have to we do that now because we want who's as members as well. We went, We recently played them in an invitational, and we beat them in men's doubles, so we got them there. There you go. So they're nice, but they're not good, is what he's saying. <laughs> so it's okay. We'll, we'll settle it at the college yeah. cup. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Hey, uh, last thing from, from me, Derek, I'm interested about the, the teammates that you have, uh, because John talked about at the top of this interview, uh, the, the age piece. You know, we, we, we know that pickleball as a whole, the age uh, average is not, 21 is not, you know, even uh, low 30s. So when you're talking to or recruiting or whatever it might be, uh, people to be on the club team, what's their background? Are, are they completely new to paddle and racket sports? Do they have a background of that nature? Is it kind of a mishmash of people who just heard about it and they want to get involved? I'd say it's a mishmash. Um, my men's doubles partner, Cody, he came from tennis. So he's got that background. Some of the girls on our club team actually came from volleyball and soccer. So you got that background. And I, I, I think every sport, every sport is involved um, in the background of all the players we have. Like we have football, basketball, um, you name the sport, and I'm sure people on our club team have played it. What are your numbers up to? I know you don't travel everybody to these tournaments, but what uh, is the overall number of the club? Um, that's a pretty hard uh, estimate because – we have 500 people in our group chat, but a lot of them have never shown up. But I'd say... <laughs> Sounds like Joe's Ticker dating. <laughs> I'd say active members. So we have 32 on our tournament team, 16 guys, 16 girls. So they're very active. And then we have about 60, 50 or 60 other members that are on our recreational team who come a couple times a week. So we're in the numbers of close to 100 that actively show up. Derek, uh, really thank you for taking the time with us. We appreciate it, man. We'll have you back yeah. on the podcast, of course, as you continue to accomplish and advance. Congratulations. People don't know, but Derek's engaged. He's getting married. Uh, along Congrats, with graduating man. coming up in the late spring, early summer, 2024. So a lot of awesome things on the horizon, man. We're going to be uh, happy to support you in all those. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Once again, a big performance. Thank you to Derek Krejci for his time. Uh, he's a busy, busy kid, and uh, we really appreciate him coming on the podcast here today. Uh, we are going to move on to Game Point. We'll wrap up this show. Uh, before we get to uh, some things that John want to bring up, but we do want to extend uh, either a uh, – good job on representation or even bigger good job for winning to JMA. Uh, we're started, we're recording this podcast on Tuesday. He starts uh, the singles play at the uh, pickleball nationals on Wednesday morning. Uh, so by the time you guys hear this, you'll know hopefully of his results. Uh, even as we're recording, the draw is not even set. So I can't even get excited about who or he, who he's not playing. Uh, but that's a big deal 
to be registered as one of the top 32 singles players in the open draw without having to go through qualifiers uh, with the, you know, look at the names that are in this. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, best of luck to uh, JMA. Have you talked to him at all since he's got down to Dallas? Oh, yeah, we talk constantly <laughs> in terms, you know, he's down there and he's trying to uh, put together some of our partnerships and finalize those things for when we get open here in just a few weeks. And it is a big deal. And when you got that invitation and one of the best 32 in the world, I think he's obviously easily inside that number, I would say, but that happens to be the bracket number mm-hmm. for this particular event. Um, you know, I often say this with a lot of things. I don't think there are many people and whatever it is that they do that ever get to feel what that's like to be one of the very, very best in the world at what they do. And you and I, of course, come from a sports broadcasting play-by-play background, and that was what we were always chasing, right, was that feeling that we were at that level. And what I discovered after years of doing it is that you can't ever truly obtain that because it's subjective. There is no rankings. Uh, If there were, they wouldn't be official. You can think that you are, and the fans can tell you that you are at times, but there's actually no number next to your name that actually tells you that. You don't get the opportunity to to do it head to head against people. So Mm -hmm. I know that that's something that Jonathan savers. And obviously the elephant in the room is that he's 41. He's in greater condition than pretty much all 41-year-olds in the world, and he's going to keep doing it for a few years. But the bottom line is pickleball came along pretty late in terms of his athletic window. So these opportunities are to be savored. I am optimistic that his results, uh, when you hear this yesterday, will have been good. And regardless of whether or not he did advance or or won or or not, uh, he's already represented performance very well. No question uh, about that. So let's continue to wrap things up here. Uh, You mentioned specifically you had some things you wanted to say. So... Have at it, sir. What are the bullet points? Well, today, throughout the day, I believe I've discussed this before. You know, there's so many different things that you do from a facility standpoint. You know, last week I was excited about putting CO2 lines in that will pump the gas (laughs) to make our soda guns and our beer drafts work. And that's all fine and good, and that's great, but it's not specific to pickleball. Well, today they put in the net posts, and I got downright giddy about that, where the courts are laid out now and the net posts are in, uh, and we are just about set to begin with the court surfacing. And, And then, like I say, get there to the finish line mm-hmm. and the audiovisual Omnitech led by Loring Wiggins who's a great friend was in they did all of the ceiling speakers were done um, telling me over the weekend that they're going to start putting up the TV screens oh, and this is the point of that is that it's really starting to take shape I've had some people stop by from Western and Ryko Pickleball Chris Barrier our friend uh, second consecutive week with a mention for Chris um, but he was over here today and he's like wow it changed dramatically since I was here three days ago and that's really the case Um, So just a couple of things that I want to get out there. I'll have more details uh, in the next couple of days, but we are going to have a Black Friday event for our members that have enrolled to this point and will enroll between now and then. And what that's going to entail is we are unveiling our app for our members, which will be where they reserve court time and where, as members, they can see uh, all the things that we have available, instruction, clinics, leagues, what have you. Uh, And we're going to have a live seminar or tutorial in terms of the 
best functionality for that will have the developers on site here at Regency. And that's also going to include a Black Friday member special sale. I have all the inventory in from the pro shop and our all new apparel line uh, will be here by then as well. And we're going to give members 20% off uh, to kick off that holiday shopping season as well. Um, this morning we dropped the Santa brunch with the real Santa Claus to December 16th. Uh, we are limiting that to the first 50 kids and 100 parents um, just for Santa's time. He's got to get going on his list. So uh, all those things to hit up, the pickleball continue. There are a few tickets remaining for that. Membership number rises just as it did last week, uh, getting closer and closer to that cap number. So uh, we're getting there, man. Yeah, it's amazing what you can uh, put out there before you even open if you are planning ahead of time to have these uh, instead of waiting till your doors open to get apparel and uh, be able to, to treat people to a member perk before yeah. the doors even open. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the reason that I'm doing that is because I'm a last-minute holiday shopper, as I'm sure many of our listeners are, mm -hmm. but my wife is not. And so <laughs> I'm like, well, we're going to be open, you know, early December and plenty of time to do holiday. She's like, I'll be done with my holiday shopping two weeks before. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, all right, if people are going to want Christmas or holiday gifts, mm -hmm. uh, that makes more sense to do it a week or so early. Um, also, oh, yeah, that's the other thing I need to mention. Next week we will have, for the first time available, gift cards um, for those that want to give the gift of performance you'll have that opportunity as well heck yeah man it's, that's a great update uh, we appreciate you putting that out there for everybody to get excited about and if uh, you wanted another reason to become a member uh, there it is uh, you can already start to see the benefits of doing that again pprva.com uh, head to the website sign up today to be a member uh, and then while you're doing that, if you haven't already, follow us on all social media platforms. We know that some of you are on Facebook and some are on Instagram, but some of the content is different, or at least it's posted in a different way because it has to be thanks to the algorithm and whoever made the rules. So uh, if you would like, uh, we really appreciate a like and a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Of course, you can do that. PPBRVA is the handle. And don't forget to get involved on our Spotify page with the the Q&A and the poll. Again, we're recording a little bit earlier in the week, so we don't have all of the um, results in just yet. But as of now, 100% of people who voted in the poll, what is more important to the growth of your game, said physical training, that over equipment and mental training. So uh, there's some people that are all in on the uh, performance training and, and JMA experience that's going to be coming here to Performance Pickleball. Again, uh, only on Spotify at the moment is the best place to do that. So head over to the show page, click on the episode, and while you're starting the episode up, go ahead and scroll down, check, take a look at the question and the poll and uh, next week we could put you on the show. Yeah, you should be on the show. But circling back to the poll, 100% of you said that physical training is more important than mental training. So clearly I did not vote because <laughs> mental training is much, much more important from our game. And quite frankly, from all of you that are listening that I've played with, at least half of you would benefit greatly from some mental training as well. Boom. There you go. I'm that's just kidding. That's I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the worst out there. <laughs> uh, I love it. I, I love that we're, we're doing that and you guys are getting involved. Uh, really appreciate Derek for his time coming on the show today. 
John and his busy schedule, uh, unlocking the, the doors here. we got to, a lock on here today. I know, man. That's uh, nuts. Yeah, Steve Bonneville, who runs the mall here for Regency, is like, hey, man, you're accumulating quite a bit of stuff. Maybe we should lock that up. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. But do I have a key? <laughs> a few hours later, I had one so we could do the podcast. That is the point. we got to keep the podcast going here. Keep it growing. Next week, we'll be here with Tim Cass, the other half of the uh, Cass and Creech duo on the court. Until then, I'm Joe. He's John. Take it easy.